3: 2019, welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, we try to make it our business to talk all things Philly sports each week, but with what we saw on Sunday and for the last six or seven weeks, there's only one thing to talk about tonight, and that's E-A-G-L-E-S. You mean,
2: Bill, something like, (laughs) Yeah, we're going to go go heavy birds tonight, although I do want to sneak in a couple other questions for our first guest who's going to be with us in just a minute or two. But, yes, considering that the Eagles are one of the eight teams still alive in the NFL, we will talk quite a bit about Doug Peterson's crew. And I have a hunch we'll mention the name Nick Foles once or twice along the way also.
3: Uh, Well, you know, we're going to talk about Nick Foles. We're going to talk about a whole lot of other things that happened in that game uh, on Sunday. And
2: uh, boy, I tell you what, talk about living to play another day. They sure did. Yeah, and that was quite an exciting game, obviously. I know you missed the first part of it because you were traveling or doing something because you're a busy guy. But you did get to see, you know, the the key parts of it, certainly. And I'll tell you, I was on the edge of my seat uh, watching that last quarter, especially the last five minutes. And then, of course, the field go by our friend Cody Parkey, who we, you know, we met four years ago. Seemed like a nice guy. I feel bad for him, but I'm glad the way it turned out still. Yeah, well, i tell you, I actually
3: listened to the first three quarters of the game on the radio as I was driving, and then I watched the fourth quarter. Uh, but then I taped it. So when I got back home, I have watched it all now, and
2: uh, it was pretty exciting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's talk to our guest about it.
3: All right, well, and as we say, Chet, we're always excited about having first-time guests with us, and we've got one tonight. Philly.com daily news writer Ed Barkowitz makes his first visit to Philly Press Box Radio. Fred Hugo will be back to talk Eagles and make a few picks as well. I can't wait to talk about the standings there.
2: Let's get it going.
3: All right, Ed, welcome to the show for your first time to Philly Press Box Radio. Hey, thanks a lot, fellas. I
1: appreciate it. Uh, Good to be here, and certainly Wild time uh, uh, this week, isn't it?
2: Oh, man, you know <laughs> it, is. it. Hey, yeah, uh, this is Chet. The other guy is Bill, and we're really happy to have you on with us. And we are ecstatic that we, again, get to talk about an upcoming Eagles playoff game. But looking back at this past Sunday, what was your assessment of the Birds' performance in the 16-15 win out in Chicago? And what was your mindset watching those final five or six minutes?
1: Yeah, true that. that. Uh, one, that they were lucky that they were playing the Bears' offense and not the Saints' offense. Uh, they, you know, Foles... <laughs> Had a had a wonderful drive at the end, but he was he was mediocre most of the games. He threw a, a bad pick in the end zone. Um, he had another turnover there. Uh, fortunately, you know they they were playing a team that that struggles offensively with, with a quarterback that had, was making his first playoff start. Um, so you know you, you never say they got lucky, but they were fortunate to be playing the Bears for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. As, as as it relates to the end, you know it, it's funny that that. You know, if, if not for Trayvon Hester, who I would be willing to bet that maybe ninety percent of casual Eagles fans had never heard of before <laughs> Sunday. You know, we're 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 talking about who the you know Will Carson once be ready for uh, you know spring practice. Yeah. Uh, so that's how that's how thin that you know everything that went down last week. Uh, how thin everything was.
2: Yeah, he got a finger on it, and that's all that uh he needed. Well, and you mentioned Nick Foles in part because he was going up against a terrific defense. Nick Foles didn't have his best game, but he certainly came up huge when he had to down the stretch. How do you explain his performance in these big moments the last two winters? <laughs>
1: uh to borrow to borrow uh, uh a phrase that Bill Raftery uses, the man has onions. He just,
2: <laughs> he
1: just has a uh, he just has a knack for for slowing his heart rate down, for looking things over as they are, for going over to his coach and saying, "Hey, let's call, let's call a wild trick play at the goal line," uh, you know, in the Super Bowl on a fourth down against the Patriots. For God's sakes, he's just, you know, in in the time the few times that I've dealt. Now I'm not the beat writer; I'm a general assignment writer, so I, I'm not down there every day like some of my colleagues. But in the few times that I've dealt with him, uh, going back to his first in here. He was he's always been just sort of like a well grounded guy he he's you know he he doesn't come off as a he in fact he doesn't come off any different today uh than he did in two thousand thirteen and the guy you know won a super Bowl and had you know one of the greatest postseason appearances uh in in philadelphia history and, and he he's frankly and i don't want to get too deep into it but he he's he's got a real good family um you know he, he's he's got a he's got Deep faith, and you know you have a couple of those things. You have that well grounded kind of uh, upbringing. Nothing really phases you, it's, you know. As he has said, it's just football.
3: Yeah, to, to everybody but him, it's not. That that's the crazy thing.
1: But hey, <laughs> I
3: wanted I wanted to get your thoughts on the defense. Um, you know, they were they were awful. I think was probably a pretty good way of putting it eight weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. It seemed like the only real addition was Timmy Jernigan. He came back. Things started to change. The defensive backs got better. All of a sudden, Bradham and Hicks played really well this week. Uh, what happened? You, you know, the,
1: you, you get uh, the pass rush has improved, uh, and everything to me starts with that. If it, it, You know, their cornerbacks their are okay, not great, um, and the less. Time that, that a quarterback has to cover has to read obviously makes the corner job easier. Uh, I, I think it's it starts up front with the pass rush and perhaps Jim Schwartz has simplified uh, some of his defenses. Remember, there was that outcry uh, from uh, Jake, Malcolm Jenkins and some of the others that let's simplify these you know these these schemes and these calls uh, for for the for the guys who are you know we didn't have through training camp. Um, so my sense is they simplified it a little bit more. Uh, but, the, you know, they did a good job against the Rams, uh, did a good job against the Texans, and obviously this is their stiffest test, but as you said, they're they're playing pretty well right now.
2: Yeah, now when the Eagles and Saints met in mid-November, of course, it didn't go so well for the Birds, a 48-7 loss. Yeah, the Birds didn't have some of those guys. Uh, the drubbing, though, would make them 4-6. and six. I know they had some injuries then. Some of the guys are back. It was also a different quarterback, too, which may have something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Do they have a shot this Sunday, Ed?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, you, 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 we, we all know this. We all know sports. The champion is not out until he's beaten. And that team has a, has a funny way of rallying itself around each other. And, you know, and you have foals. You have, you know, the, the, the focus is different. It's uh they just have they're the veterans in that locker room, you know on both sides of the on both sides of of, of the ball. You know a lot of times you'll see uh, the leadership in in on teams, even good teams, is either an offensive driven leadership team or, or or a defensive team. But here you have leaders on both sides. You have you know even on the offensive line, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, uh, you know Malcolm Jenkins, Fletcher Cox. You have a lot of those kind of Strong voices that you know are more likely to pick their fellow, you know their their teammates up who've made a mistake rather than kick them while they're down, you know. When you're four and six, which Jenkins certainly mentioned that you know, he didn't enjoy the uh, the effort that they gave to the Saints uh, against the Saints, but but coming from him, it's I don't know. It resonates differently. It resonates as somebody who is trying to lead you to somewhere that you should you know somewhere. Uh, uh, important and, and to bigger things. And, you know,
3: it's just a fascinating offer. It is. And, and it leads me to my question, Ed. The, uh, if Carson Wentz doesn't get hurt, uh, are we still playing? And, and what's the <laughs> difference? I mean, th- does this bunch, I, d- I don't know if you could say they rallied around Foles or they just got better. Uh, I, I think we all can agree, talent wise, Wentz is certainly the more talent, but. Foles is winning and this is a whole different football team with him under the center.
1: They, they feel like they're playing with a little, you know, less abandoned, you know, that, that, they just, you know, Foles will allow his receivers to make a play. Sometimes that, that doesn't work out so well, uh, but he will, you know, the chemistry between him and Alshon Jeffrey is, is, is obvious. You can see the two of them, you know, have something going. He will Foles may make a throw to Jeffrey that, that Wentz won't, and that, that, those kind of things that, 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 that playing freely, you know, uh, that's the that's really the, the, the thing that I, the only thing that I can see. I mean, because Wentz is better, but Foles is better right now.
2: So, Ed, it's the big debate on talk radio this week and even last week. If Foles manages to win another game or two, or ideally three, is there a chance they bring him back, or is this Carson Wentz's team going forward no matter what?
1: Yeah, I, I, Financially, I mean, I, you know, the, the finances of football, to tie that much money up in, in a quarterback uh, that's 30 years old, which Foles will be, uh, you know, he's 29, I believe, um, yeah. You know the one-year deal. You got to. You know if you're going to sign him, you're going to sign him for a couple years, and then you're going to trade Wentz. I. I mean, I understand that. The guys. If 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 you're, you know, what you're laying out here, he's back-to-back Super Bowls, and you know, even just to get this far, frankly, he's done a lot. Um, I just don't see the finances working. I don't see how you can pay Foles, and and ship ship Wentz out because then where are you at in two years? If Wentz is, is the face of the (laughs) franchise. Then to to me, I would keep Wentz. I mean, if it's me, I keep Wentz, and you know, certainly thank Nick for you know everything done. Uh, but there, there, it comes down to finances in that in that league. You can't tie. You can't have so much. You can't keep them both, obviously. But you can't tie up the quarterback money. Uh, you know, and that that'll hurt you in other positions. You see it that you know somebody threw out the stat that the the six highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL this year, none of them made the playoffs. Aaron yep. uh, Rodgers, Case Keenum, uh, 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 cousins, you know, some of these guys and, you know, I, I think that that you gotta be mindful of that, of, of how, how much money you're going to tie into your quarterback and whether you can, you know, accept that with foals.
3: Yep. Well, Hey, and let's switch over and talk Phillies for just a minute. Uh, You know, the the word is out, I guess, that Manny Machado is going to make a decision here within a week, or or at least the Yankees, the White Sox, and the Phillies are trying to pressure him into making a decision in the next week, and that Bryce Harper is supposed to be meeting with the Phillies here in Vegas pretty soon. How do you see this playing out?
1: Well, you know, the, the owners, the owner said that he was prepared to spend ridiculous money, stupid money. In fact, is, is, is the quote that USA Today had. Uh, uh, to me, it's it's Harper. I, I, I It feels like Machado is headed for the for the Yankees with everything that that's kind of being said, the tea leaves being read there. Uh, so it it comes down to me to Harper on Saturday, and and, and what sort of meeting and, and how things go, and 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 uh, and whether they can sell Harper on coming here. Um, you know, they bolstered their pitching staff a little bit. Uh, you know, it's a good ballpark for him. You know, the money could be the, the money. As long as the money works, I, th- I think Harper it would be their primary target at this point.
2: Yeah, that's who I'd prefer, but we'll see what happens. Um, Ed, like us, you've seen a lot of Flyers hockey over the years. This could end up being <laughs> a season for the ages, but not in a good way. Eight straight losses, and I think there's more to come. This is going to get ugly.
1: It's it's falling off a cliff, unfortunately. You know, and the old man. The old man would have fired everybody and traded everybody, but at yeah. this point, Ed Snyder, and it's just a, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's one thing to 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 get beat; it's another thing to get beat up. And they're just kind of sometimes they're disinterested for stretches of a time, you know, winning battles. I mean, you know, Giroux is playing well, but he's, uh, you know, some of the other guys are not. I mean, the defense. Uh, Gostas Bear, who I thought the world of, you know, coming out of college, had certainly had a good first year. You know, he's taking a step back. Provorov is t- taking a yep. step back. It's discouraging when players aren't getting better, and that, to me, is a problem. Now, there's on the horizon is Joel Quenville. Um, If they are able to land him, obviously, he's a coach with terrific pedigree and certainly knows how to develop players. So it- it's... You know they are in a rut. It reminds me of the year after the uh, the, the the lockout, and I guess so four oh five was the lockout, and first year back, and they were just they were just terrible. And um, you know the, the, it, it's ugly down at the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, one one the only thing the Flyers have in their favor is that everybody's talking about the Eagles, and nobody and Joe Allen and, and Ben Simmons, and no, <laughs> nobody's really they're fourth by by a wide margin in this town, especially you know if the Phillies were to land you know a giant free agent
2: but they still love Gritty. <laughs> well, they do. <laughs> if, if that's the highlight
3: of your season, you're in trouble with yeah, guess. Exactly.
2: Hey, yeah, hey, hey, yeah. And I yeah. wanted
3: to ask you a little more about the Flyers. You know, Scott Gordon came in. He looked like he had some some things going right from the start. But obviously that's tailed off. Um, I I don't like to – I've coached him for a long time, so I don't like to ever say the players quit. I, I hate that. But it almost looks like – as a team, they've just gotten worse. And how do you get worse mm-hmm. under a new coach that comes in to spark, you know, to spark it, but individually yeah. they're playing worse.
1: I mean, it, it, it might just, we might just have to, to say that they're not good. You know, they're not <laughs> right. there. I mean, you know, you, it, it, like you said, you know, they, are they quitting? They're not quitting, but they, they, they do play soft for, for stretches at a time. I mean, you know, that's just, that's just what I see. You know, I mean, they, they, who was it? St. Louis came in here and beat them three uh, nothing. The Capitals jumped on them last night uh, a little bit. You know, they 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 just playing soft, and it's it's disheartening. I know I, I'm with you. Professional players generally don't quit, but you know they're not that good. I mean, it's it's that simple. You got a you got a uh, merry-go-round in net, which you know I guess. And as a coach, you can speak to this better than I can. But that doesn't help things. I mean, if you have instability in the net, that's, that, that, that can start a lot of problems. That could, that could escalate, you know, your problems and, and, you know, communication with the defense and, 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 you know, frankly, sometimes getting the puck out of the zone.
2: Mm-hmm. Hey, I had a couple of things here. First of all, I just wanted to mention, great job on your two-page recap of the 2018 Philly sports scene in the paper 10 days ago, very thorough, and it was really <laughs> fun to look back on a pretty memorable year.
1: Cool. Thank you. I appreciate that.
2: Yep. And secondly, I follow you on Twitter, and it seems you have a significant interest in the world of sports betting, which, of course, made its way legally to New Jersey last year and is now available in a couple of locations in Pennsylvania. Is it accurate to say that you're pretty excited about that?
1: Yeah, what it is, in, in, in fact, I was in Vegas on May 14th, and I was in a plane coming home, and I got a text from a buddy of mine that the uh, Supreme Court o- overturned uh, the sports betting ban, and, you know, we're getting ready to taxi, and, you know, it's one of those shut your phone off and, you know, the guy who has his phone on getting dirty looks type of thing. But I I called my boss. I said, listen, I, I got a five-hour flight in front of me, but this is really important. You guys are going to want to, you know, make sure that we leave and stuff like that because of, you know, how important it is. You know, I mean, Vegas had that. Uh, that holds on sports betting. Yeah. So, they, you know, after a while they came to me and said, hey, are you prepared to, are you are you capable of, of, you know, kind of monitoring this for us? And I said, yeah, for sure. You know, living in South Philly, there's always, you know, different ways of doing things, if you give my drift. <laughs> and uh, so, so, you know, it, it became easy. And uh, uh, a place uh, just opened up, where are we, Wednesday, so a place just outside of Philadelphia, Parks Casino. Yeah. Uh, just opened up their sports betting uh, uh, parlor. It's a temporary thing, and next is, uh, in fact, on Tuesday in South Philly, right across from Citizens Bank Park, another sports betting uh, uh, the parlor will open. Also owned by Parks, it's a turf club, uh, you know, an off-track betting site. So it's yeah, it's it's here and it's not going anywhere. And it's it's a uh, it's a fun thing. I I think it's going to be more important. It's going for Atlantic City, frankly. Um, than it is, you know, Philadelphia. I mean, it'll be. It's it's nice. It's a nice feature to have. But um, I think for Atlantic City, if if it can get more people down there, that would help them, you know, be in a resort town as opposed to Philadelphia.
2: Well, I know you checked out both uh, Sugar House and Parks, and what was your reaction? What's the atmosphere? Are people excited about it there? <laughs>
1: well, there was oh yeah, yeah there was a few fish fights at Sugar House when Cody Parky. <laughs> Is kicking the field goal and then, you know, missing the field goal. But, you know, that's Philly. Um, no, but seriously, the, uh, the, the atmosphere was fun. You know, again, having been to Vegas uh, uh, many times for that, it, it, it's interesting. A sports book is the best place to watch a big sporting event or anywhere where everybody has action on it, um, you know, whether it's uh, Kansas, Oklahoma, uh, uh, Big 12 basketball game, you know, final, which I can remember sitting in Caesar's. You know, ripped up my tickets that night too. But anyway, um, so, or you know, an Eagles game where where everybody you know has skin, you know, on on the outcome of the game. It, it's a really, it's a fun dynamic that's that's come here uh, to Philadelphia, and obviously it's in Delaware too. They have a, three uh, sports betting parlors with their tracks, and there are seven, I believe, six, six in Atlantic City. Uh, along along the boardwalk and in the Marina District, so it, it's a uh, you know it, to me it's it's a blast because it's so much more to it than you know when I was younger because there's a lot of the in-game betting, which I'm not a big fan of, but you know that is what a lot of the casinos are uh, are hanging their hats on. They're 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 calling that their wave, the next wave of uh, of sports betting, the in-game play.
3: Well, and I have to tell you, I I am not a gambler. But I was just in Vegas um, over between Christmas and New Year's. So I was in the sports book watching the uh, semifinal games, uh, college football semifinal games. So I decided I got $10 out of my pocket, cheap bet, right? I'm going to take Alabama, Oklahoma at 78, and I'm taking the under. Okay, so (laughs) about six hours before game time, it goes to 80. Right. And it ended up seventy nine. Well, that's And I where... thought I thought that people way too smart for me. I'm just a fan trying to win a couple of dollars. I'm out of this game.
1: Uh, see now, my my first, I, what I thought you were going to say is you went, and you put ten dollars on the eighty, and then you would that's that's middling. That's the worst thing that can happen in a casino. Then you would collect uh, both ways.
2: Right now, I didn't do that. I'm but not. If smart you had, enough. well, you would
1: have but... had to have over seventy eight. I'm sorry, you would have had to have over seventy eight.
2: Yeah,
3: he's not smart enough. I'll vouch for that. All right? No, no. I had under seventy-eight, and uh, uh, and it ended up seventy-nine, and they had raised it to eighty. So I thought they're they're way too smart for me, and uh, I'm just giving my money away. So I don't I don't see me betting a lot on football unless uh, or or in, in a casino unless I'm in an occasion like that.
1: I, I always say that the easiest and quickest way to double your money uh, in gambling. Is to fold it in half and put it back in your pocket.
2: I <laughs> <laughs> like the way
3: you're thinking,
2: Ed. Before we let you go, since we're talking about sports betting, the line for Sunday, I believe, Saints minus eight. What do you think of that, and what's your prediction?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's eight. It's it went up to nine earlier, but it's back down to eight. You can get eight and a half uh, at a couple places if you really shop around. Uh, I, I, I'm going with the Saints. Basically, I just think that you know having that time off to Kind of, you know, I know I, I get it that they, they they weren't their best in the last month of the season, but I think getting that that uh, that, that time off uh, you know, the bye and frankly the week seventeen game which didn't mean anything, get themselves a little healthier, they have a running game that that is, you know, the the combination of Tamara and, and Ingram obviously is arguably the best in football. The one thing that one thing that, that bothers me from an Eagles standpoint is the Saints' run defense is pretty good. Now, they're second in, in overall run defense, which is yardage, which can be a little skewed because they get up on teams and teams stop running the ball, so that'll keep the yardage down. But they're also second in yards per attempt. So even when you're running the ball, uh, you're not getting anywhere with them. So that's a problem because if, the, if I'm the Eagles, i got to control the ball. i got to get about a 38-minute time of possession, keep Breeze and, 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 and that crew on the bench as much as I can. I don't know that the Eagles can run the ball at this point. I know Sproles is doing his best. Uh, Josh Adams, I, you know, I don't know. So I'd I, I like the Saints, and I, I like the Saints to cover uh, as much as it, you know, might disappoint some of the other folks and, and listeners. Gotcha. Mm.
3: All right, Ed. Well, with that, we're throwing you out. No,
2: (laughs) just kidding. I've been thrown out of better places. You probably have. Uh,
3: No, you haven't. But, hey, we (laughs) certainly appreciate you coming by and talking to us uh, for your first time at Philly Press Box Radio, and hopefully we can do it again.
1: Outstanding. Maybe we'll even talk next week, and you give me a hard time for
2: the Saints pick.
3: I hope. There
1: you go. Thanks, Ed. There you go. Thanks, Ed.
2: All right, fellas. Take care. So, before that amazing Eagles win over the Bears on Sunday, I made a pregame visit to the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne. Spent a couple of hours there. Saw a couple friends, made some new friends, talked to the awesome Chris from the Rover. I may or may not have had a beer or two or three. Great crowd as usual. As is often the case, they had beer specials, but light on this occasion. See, the Irish Rover always has terrific deals on food and drink. Lunch specials, dinner specials, happy hour specials, Eagles specials, always 24 beers on tap, a free buffet Friday nights at 11 p.m., trivia Wednesday evenings, and live bands most weekends. This Saturday, the 12th, it'll be Scoville Blues. Check the website for details, irishroverstationhouse.com, or just go visit them on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorne. And on an unrelated note, happy 75th birthday, Jimmy Page. (laughs) I knew that was coming. You a
3: Led Zeppelin guy, Bill? Oh yeah, yeah, from back in the day. And I knew I knew that one was coming.
2: <laughs> well, you know, not only is today Jimmy Page's seventy-fifth birthday, but this Saturday marks the fiftieth anniversary of the release of their debut album, which had songs like Good Times, Bad Times, Communication Breakdown, Babe, I'm gonna leave you dazed and confused. Love all those songs. Sadly, I never got to see Led Zeppelin live. Oh well. No, me
3: neither. Me neither.
2: All right. Well,
3: uh, cue up is the music. It's time? It it time. There we go. It's Fred. You go time again, Chet. Fred, welcome back.
0: What's up, guys? What a win. What a win that game was. Uh, hey,
2: Fred. Fred, before we talk football, uh, is this like a crazy week at your place? Don't you have like a bunch of birthdays?
0: Oh, my God. It's insane. We're all sick, too. So, God, my, oh. my daughter's birthday was yesterday. My wife's birthday is today. And then uh, I'm actually coaching a basketball game at 8 o'clock tonight as well. Oh, so. God. <laughs> Just so you can Good make everybody
3: sick or what?
0: I'm well I'm sick. Christy's a little getting there and then Aubrey's just gotten over it. So that that's oh, good. Oh
2: man. Wow. Well we're glad you took some time for us anyway.
0: That's right.
2: Ah, love hey, you guys. Hey, <laughs> hey chet. New season, new beginning, my friend.
3: It's about getting to the dance with a clean slate. And with that,
2: how did we fare in week one of the playoffs? I think I kinda know. Well, did you mention though that I won our regular season competition just making sure everybody knows that. Yeah, wild card, <laughs> wild card wild weekend. Dudes. We saw Bill go 3 and 1 while Fred and I were both 2 and 2. Fred uh, Fred gets bonus points though for correctly picking Clemson to knock off Bama in the college football championship game Monday night. Yes.
0: Yeah, that game. I
2: didn't expect that
0: though. Blowout. That was amazing. Blow
3: out for sure. All right. Well, hey, we got four more games to pick this week. We start Saturday when Indianapolis goes back on the road to Kansas City. Chiefs are minus five and a half. Dallas goes to Los Angeles to play the Rams. The Rams are minus seven. Interesting. And Sunday in the early game, the Los Angeles Chargers go to New England. The Patriots are a four-point favorite there. of course, finally Sunday's late game, the Eagles visit New Orleans to beat the Saints. Saints Minus eight.
2: And hey, by, so the way, Fred, by the way, by the way, by the way, before we get to our picks, these four games I think could all end up being pretty good. I'm really looking forward to these divisional games, and I hope they are fun, competitive games. We shall see.
3: Well, and and I'll add to that. Before we get to our picks, I think if you look at these point spreads, nobody else thinks they're going to be good. But I, I'm yeah. with you, Jed. I think these are pretty good matchups. Yep. So with that, Fred, Indianapolis, as we said, goes back on the road to Kansas City. Chiefs minus five and a
0: half. Who you like? I like the Chiefs here. I think this is Andy's year. In general, you know, it's going to be tough with the Colts. They're they're hot right now. Um, I, I think it'll be a close game, but on um, uh, my friend and butter page, I picked the uh, Eagles and Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. So I'm going to have to ride that out definitely. But I, I think they definitely beat the Colts this weekend at home. Uh,
2: you know, Andy's been playing pretty well, but. It's in Kansas City, so I got to go with the Chiefs.
3: Well, 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 well. I really do not want to pick against Andy Reid, but I think Indianapolis is going to win this game. Wow. They're playing good. They're just playing good, and I'm I'm going to go Indianapolis. Yeah, I won't uh, be shocked. Yeah, that Chiefs
1: isn't really good either. Yeah,
3: yeah. I I just uh, they're just hot. You know, hot teams win and. But I, I really do want Andrew Reed to win, and I, I hope he does. But I'm, I'm going to go Indianapolis in this one. All right. Dallas goes to Los Angeles to play the Rams. Uh, Rams minus seven.
0: That Dallas defense is for real. No no question there. Um, and it's not much of a, um, you know, home field advantage going to L.A. You know, they're yeah. close to L.A., so the time difference isn't a big deal. I, that spread's big, though. I, I'm, I'm – The Rams, they've been off a little bit. I feel like with Dopp, they picked it up there that final game of the year. I'm going to take the Rams here to win, but I think Dallas makes it close for most of the game.
2: You know what? If I were using my head, I would pick Dallas to win this game, but I just cannot in good conscience pick the Cowboys to win a playoff game in the divisional round. I am taking the L.A. Rams in this one.
3: What's Todd Gurley's status? Is he playing in this game?
2: Right? I believe didn't, so. Didn't yeah, he
3: sat the last. He sat last game, right?
0: Yeah, but it was like a precautionary. Like not that it was precautionary, it was hurt. But even in the Eagles game, he sat out a few series as well. I, I think. Well, that's when he to... got.
3: That's when he got hurt on that sideline tackle in the Eagles game. That's why he sat out there. I, I'll go. I'll go Rams. I'll go Rams. But if Gurley's not playing, I'm. I'm I would flip. But I'll go Rams because I got to make a decision right now.
2: Rams is, is, is your pick.
3: You cannot Palace change it here, Bill. going to go down easy there, I'm, I'm yeah. telling you. All right, Los Angeles Chargers go to New England. The Patriots are minus four.
0: I like the Chargers here. Uh, it's probably not the, the popular pick. The, the spread is kind of small. Rivers and the Chargers got a really good team. Their defense isn't bad either. Um, yeah, I like the Chargers to go into Foxborough and win it. It's Rivers, Rivers time to get a few Ws.
2: Yep, I wrote it down as well. I am going to say Tom Brady goes down in defeat this weekend. The L.A. Chargers win in New England. We will have two Los Angeles teams in the final four, if you can believe that.
3: Yeah, I'm in. I'm in for Chargers, too. Uh, Don't ever like to go against Brady, but I think the Chargers just all around are a better team than New England. I'm going Chargers. And that gets us to the Eagles. They visit New Orleans to beat the Saints. Saints minus eight. Fred? Fred?
0: Obviously, the game plan from last time didn't work. So, and and our D backs have gotten they were they were they were new just right off the street. They've gotten time to play and, and gel together. I think if the Eagles can can control time of possession and not get into a shootout, though I thought that in the Super Bowl last year as well, and ended up going toe to toe with Brady. But um, I think if they can do that, they can win. That's a that's a high spread eight, but. I'm going to take the Eagles to win this one. They're the hot team. you got got the magic with Foles, and not even just Foles. It's it's the team in general. They're just playing great right now. I like the Eagles to go in there and win. What's the score? Let's go 27-23, Eagles.
2: All right. I thought about this a lot, but you know what? That week 10 or week 11 loss, 48-7, to just keeps going through my head i know the eagles are much better than they were back then i know Foles is playing very well i know the secondary of the eagles is a lot better but drew Brees just scares me they're coming off the bye they were also resting a lot of their key guys in week 17 of the regular season i'm i have to pick the saints i think the eagles are going to cover but my official prediction is saints 27 to 20 and yes i hope i'm wrong you are okay
3: all right, Eagles are going to win this game, and it's going to be close. Uh, I'm going to go somewhere in the twenty-seven, twenty-three range, somewhere that's like that. Said. Is that what you said, Fred?
2: That's what Fred said. Yep. Yep. Uh,
3: okay. Well, that that's what that's what I had written down.
2: I, I mean, hope I you guys deciding, are right.
3: I was deciding whether I was going to waiver, but I'll tell you this: here's here's the keys to the game. Two keys to the game. One is. They have to get a pass rush with four guys. If they have to blitz and go in man coverage, they're in for a long, long night. That's one thing. The second thing that really worries me is that, and I told you, this, and it was funny because as I was driving and I was listening to the game on the radio, they kept saying that they were trying to run the ball over left guard and get nothing, get nothing, get nothing. Well, I didn't know who was playing left guard until I got to where I could see it on the TV, and it was Somala who scares me to death, whether he can actually do the job up there. Apparently they think he can, uh, he's going to have why, to do the job. Why do they hate so much? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, they're going to have to keep Foles clean and, uh, give him some time to throw the football. And then I think they have a chance, but if they, if they, uh, if they can't, if the Eagles can't rush the quarterback and make, make breeze uncomfortable back there, I think they're in trouble. But I think, uh, they're a lot better than they were a few weeks ago. And just like in our little pool, chat, when you get to the dance, anything can happen. It doesn't really matter what you did a couple of weeks ago.
2: Oh, exactly right. What really scares me, though, is Drew Brees going against that Eagles secondary. As much as they've played better in recent weeks, you still saw guys getting burned in the game against Chicago even, especially Maddox got burned two or three times. That double move you know, really fooled him. And Drew Brees is a master, first ballot Hall of Famer, of course. So that's my big concern. and That's why I had to pick the Saints.
3: Well, I I see your point, and I guess my point would be this. If I were those defensive backs, I might jump Trubisky's passes. I'm not trying to jump many Drew Brees' passes because we know he's going to take us deep and kill us. So I think a lot of that has to do with who you're playing and what your scheme is. You're know, exactly funny.
0: right there. There, yeah. There's no way the Schwartz has to coach that up. Not that it's on him, but they, they can't, they can't be jumping routes. And, and I agree with you 100%. Bill, a lot of people want Schwartz to blitz. There's no way they can blitz here. They have to get pressure from from the front four. Maybe send one here and there, but you know that there's no way if they have to send a bunch of guys, he'll just pick them apart. I, I agree 100% there.
3: Right, situational blitzes that work, but not because you have to. You All know, right.
2: For the Eagles, uh, for the Eagles Bears game, I said the key was winning the turnover battle. The Eagles, of course, were minus two and they still won the game. So what the heck do I know?
3: Well, let's start <laughs> with that, Chet. I had some uh, some things I want to hit you guys up with, but you know, how do defensive backs don't not know how to catch the football? If if the Eagles intercept two of or three of those passes they should have intercepted, and Foles yeah. doesn't throw the interception in the end zone, that game's over at halftime.
2: Yeah, Sullivan, Very I guess, has the one drop. Yeah, you got to catch those. I know they practice those things all the time, and even Malcolm Jenkins over the years has dropped a few easy interceptions. I don't know how these guys don't catch them. I mean, I know I don't expect them to be, you know, when Alshon Jeffrey or, uh, I don't know, Odell Beckham Jr. make great catches all the time, but a lot of these are right in their stomach, right in their midst, and they, they drop them. So, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is there. they got to keep working on that. And, they, and if they get a shot at intercepting Drew Brees, you take advantage of it.
0: You better right. hold on to it. And, and uh, there's the, and it's not even these. I mean, it's been – even with all the turnovers last year, there were so many of those, those drop picks. I, even in the Super Bowl, the, the play before the Hail Mary, Ronald Darby dropped that interception. The game should have been he there. Did. I, I yeah. never understood – I understand, like, they're not as good as receivers, but I never understood how, like, a, like D-backs a lot of times just – Really don't catch it at all. It's, it's
3: amazing.
0: <laughs> it's hard to believe.
3: Wait, well, hey, Chet, I want to start out with you on this one. Nick Foles getting a ton of credit, as we said, for this playoff run. But what I want to know is what area of the team do you see that has had the most improvement over the last two months, not including Foles?
2: Uh, let's see. I'm going to have to say the D line because they're getting a lot more pressure. They they're starting to get a few sacks. Jernigan's back, which has helped. Michael Bennett has just been a beast the last month. Fletcher Cox is playing out of his mind. And as you know, Bill, it all starts up front. And I think the D-line has really, really played a lot better over the last uh, five or six games. Fred, what do you think?
0: I'm going to go on the other side of the ball. The offensive line, I, I feel feel like, has, has picked it up. And that partially could be because Foles is, is getting rid of the ball maybe a little faster than Wentz. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I think they're fully healthy. I mean, if you did you see how they handled Khalil Mack? He he, he Peters and Johnson. They're, they're, if you get a chance going Brian Baldy, there's Twitter, you could see he breaks it down. It's just amazing. And then if you go through the whole stretch, you know, Foles isn't really being pressured. You know, he, he gets a, maybe five Harrys a game, he's rarely sacked. So. Uh, the offensive line has, has given him time, which has opened up everything. I, I think offensively that I would go O-line if, if I had to go at something else.
3: Well, and I, and I agree with both of you, but I'm going to go even another place and it's not a position. It's all Sean Jeffrey. Yep. When And Sean Jeffrey is in, is a key playmaker in this offense. This is a whole different offense. It's a whole different football team. And, uh, I think Jeffrey has – he's done a great job, obviously, and that makes everything else open up when you can throw him the football. I can't disagree.
0: Yeah, I agree. All
3: right. Yeah, yeah, okay, Jeffrey,
0: so, he... Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying, with, with Jeffrey, that, that all goes into – that it goes back to Foles because it seems like Jeffrey wasn't getting the, the chances as much, and now with Foles, yeah. he's kind of throwing them balls up if some of them balls, they're not they're not pretty. I mean, they're like hot tops and you're like, eh, but Jeffrey's coming down with them, where I feel like with Wentz, he might not have been taking them chances, you know? Absolutely. Well, hey, as a
3: follow-up, Fred, for you on this one, the defense, you know, as we said, been liked out the last few weeks. Uh, safe to say they were the best defense on the field on Sunday. What do you think of that?
0: Trubisky had a lot to do with that, you know. I, they were—he <laughs> finally caught on. I think there at the end of the fourth quarter, they're biting on everything. Um, but yeah, it, it was a what was it, six to three at the end of the half. We had two turnovers. There was no way we should have been a three-point game at halftime. I just the linebacker play, Nigel Bradham's all over. You know, Hicks only played, I think, thirty percent of the snaps. It's just been overall like. To Chet's point, the defensive line as well. You know, it, it just seems to—they're just hot. They're—they're they're coming together, came together. Yep.
2: Yep. Hope they keep it up this
3: week. Well, hey, Chet, for you, I want As this plays out, okay, let's assume just for fun, the birds continue to win. Do you start tweaking the roster moving forward? Now, I'm not even going to throw Carson Wentz in this. As Foles is the guy, as long as he's healthy, he's the guy. As far as I'm concerned. But do you consider activating a Mike Wallace or somebody like that if he's ready to go? Or do you not disrupt what you got going on and play this thing out?
2: Yeah, well, I haven't heard any updates this week on Wallace, but I know he started practicing last week. And I think if he's ready, you get him involved because the guy's still got some speed. And, you know, the Saints defense won't know what to expect from him. They haven't seen him all year. If they can get Wallace healthy and, you know, activate him, that would be great. Maybe not this week, but, uh, you know, if they get to the NFC Championship. I'd love to see Mike Wallace get on the field because, you know, he's got to be hungry since he hasn't played since week two. So, yeah, I would definitely do that. They've already kind of tweaked it a bit at running back. They've – uh kind of demoted Josh Adams. I think they're a little worried about him perhaps fumbling in these key situations because they're worried about turnovers, too. So instead of using Josh Adams, they're going with the more veteran guys, including Darren Sproles. Now, Sproles didn't run overly effectively on Sunday, but they still stuck with him, even though he got less than two yards of pop on his carries. He's a veteran, and you know he's going to hold on to the ball. So, yeah, they're tweaking it a bit already, and I would like to see Mike Wallace if he's healthy. I think
0: no question if... if, if. If you have the opportunity, you may not have to put him in like the main packages or start him or play him more, but I, I feel like he could he could still in a couple of Jordan Matthews' plays, you know what I mean, And or at least stretch the field where that when he's on the field, you know, the defense has to be cognizant that he's there and maybe throw it elsewhere. But um, And then as far as the running backs go, they are tweaking that. And I think more, more than Josh Adams fumbling, he's, He seemed to go from hitting the hole hard and straight on to, like, I've noticed these last three, well, not now, he hasn't been playing, but prior to his demotion, I guess, he's dancing in the holes. Like, you you can't do that. The the goal with him was you're a bigger body and hit the hole hard, so that might be the reason why they they brought him, demoted him a bit.
2: And, by the way, kudos to Wendell Smallwood, who pretty much everybody had written off, you know, earlier in the season – the Eagles stuck with him, and then when Ajayi went down, they, you know, turned to Smallwood eventually. And he's had some good runs over the last few games, and uh, Wendell Smallwood's been a big part of the offense. So, way to go, Wendell, for hanging in there. Well, since Definitely. you're giving out kudos, shit, that
3: was next on my list. Kudos to that Dallas Goddard. What yeah. a yeah. effort on that tight end tight end screen that turned out to maybe be the big, you know, I don't know if you could say the fourth down play wasn't the biggest play of the game, but – that was an awful huge play to get down there to score that last touchdown.
2: That was one of my favorite plays of the game, because not only did he make a good catch, he you know, really got the yak after that. He got those extra yards, broke a couple of tackles. Uh, he did a little you know, pirouette, uh, put the hand down to get his balance. That was a great catch and run by Dallas Goddard. and I you know, hope we're going to see a lot more of that going forward, starting with this week.
0: Move the Yeah, you guys hit it both with him. If, if he doesn't make that play, we there's a chance we don't win.
2: You know? Yep.
0: A- absolutely, absolutely.
3: Well, hey, Fred, I'm going to go to you on this first, but certainly want both your opinions. But Fred, you're you're younger, so you so I want to hear what you have to say.
2: Wait, Fred, And then younger, I'm going to huh?
3: go, and then I'm going to go with the older guy who's got a lot bigger <laughs> sample size. Okay, where does Nick Foles stand in Philly sports lore? at this point, regardless of what happens Sunday?
0: I mean, I don't think – I think after last year, he's already in his, his the Philly sports floor. He's, he's a legend, the Super Bowl MVP. He's, he's the MVP. He's on the wall of fame, certainly. Um, but he's stepping into – you know, it, if you want to look at the history of the Eagles, these are some of the, the greatest games I've ever seen played. You know, even at 7-2 – or twenty whatever twenty seven and two year with Chip, you know, statistically, Ruben Frank. If you follow him, he just spits out stat after stat, record after record. So he he's already a legend in my book, regardless of what happens this weekend. So so you're yep. gonna
3: say uh, top ten, top five? Where you know I'm not top gonna hold th- you down exactly, but where, where are you gonna put? Uh, it? Uh, uh, top
0: top three, top four.
3: Hmm. Okay. Well, right, defi-
2: Francesco, defi- with a, definitely with in a the long top ten. Memory. Definitely in the top ten for me, because first of all, it's the Eagles' first ever Super Bowl win, and he was the MVP. And you know, none of us remember 1960 and Chuck Bednarik and those guys. You know, bignard is a legend, but for me, Foles is right at or near the top when it comes to football legends in Philly because he brought us the first ever Super Bowl title. He's up there with the guys like Steve Carlton and Mike Schmidt of the Phillies, uh, Wilt from the Sixers, and that great 1967 team, which, of course, I am old enough to remember. Wow, I'm old. And uh, Bobby Clark and Bernie Perunt of those mid-'70s Flyers, two-time Stanley Cup teams. So definitely top ten for me as far as where Nick Foles ranks at this point. He's done some amazing things in his career, already set a few team records and shares or holds a couple of league records. So uh Definitely in the top ten of Philly sports legends.
3: I don't think maybe I missed it there, but I don't think I heard you say Julius Erving and Alan Iverson.
2: But maybe I missed that. Uh, no, nah, I I meant to get to those guys, but uh, Iverson tough was great get, and very popular. To but get in the top ten,
3: top
1: yeah,
2: I, I'm going to put Foles ahead of Iverson. I'll tell you that right now. Wow! I mean, what the way Philly, it's. I think it's more that the, of what football is to this
0: town, though. That that has the factor. If you're going to exactly. w- go as, like, great players, that, then, yeah, obviously there's an, other names you could put in front of him. But the fact that football is so much higher than the other three sports and he brought the first Super Bowl w- and wasn't like a Jeff Hostetler type deal. He was the MVP. Like, he, he made it happen, you know. And now you come back to this season and he's pushed them into the playoffs. That game last week – I think that passes fourth and 26. There's like divisional playoff games that are just amazing or whatever. Not divisional. It was a wild card, but you know what I'm saying? So I think that's what pushes them up higher based on, you know, football, what it is to this town.
2: Yep. Hey, before uh, Fred leaves us, I know Fred's got to go do a little coaching. And since we're talking about legends, let me sneak this in. You've probably both heard it, but my favorite call of Sunday's Cody Parkey. Failed field goal attempt that kept the Eagles alive was absolutely that from Ricky Ricardo. Yes, Ricky Ricardo, <laughs> the Eagles Spanish radio play-by-play guy. I listened to this probably 15 times over the course of the week, and here it is one it more time. time.
0: La temporada está en el pie de Cody Parkey. 43 yardas. El snap. Le mete el pie. Distancia, dirección. Le dio el poste. No, falló. Oh. No, señor. No, señor. No señor, no
1: señor, no señor, no
3: señor, los se I can't get enough
2: of that. <laughs> no, sir. no, sir, no sir. That's no, amazing. Sir. No señor. No, señor, no, señor. No,
3: señor. <laughs> hey Chad, I have one last question for you and this is tough. Um uh, Tell us about National Bobblehead Day. That sounds like something
2: invented by Carl Henderson over at Carl's Cards. What is up with that? You know what? I, I remember seeing that last year, and then the other day our friend Steve Potter, who we're going to have on the show probably sometime in February, the guy who does the uh, Phillies minor league stuff, uh, posted on Monday that it was Bobblehead Day. I think he actually posted it Tuesday, which is why I missed it Monday. So, yes, National Bobblehead Day. It's just the fifth anniversary the fifth year for National Bobblehead Day. Just a celebration of bobbleheads. And I have a bunch of them, as you saw in the picture. I probably have, you know, twice that many somewhere in boxes that I just didn't have room to put out. So I, I was a big fan of bobbleheads as a kid, and I still, in recent years, went to all the Phillies games when they gave away bobbleheads. Love the bobbleheads. There you go. That's my story.
3: There you go. All right. Well, hey, Fred, thanks for coming along uh, again this week. We'll do it again next week. Good luck with your basketball practice, and uh, get that family well.
0: All right. Sounds good, guys. Go Birds. See go you, Fred. Go Birds.
3: All right, hey, Chet, if you're looking for insurance in the tri-state area, we've got the spot for you, All State Insurance in Westchester, PA.
2: Yes, sir, Bill. It is true one of the best benefits of having an All State insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave LaVoy. Dave is dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's needs, someone you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicated to protecting what's most important to you and your family. Click on the Allstate banner on our Philly Press Box Radio website or call Dave directly at 610-430-0700. That is Dave Lavoie at Allstate Insurance in Westchester, 610-430-0700.
3: All right. And hey, Chet,
2: let's also give a shout-out to the PPCC
3: 118 Razz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance on winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They've continued to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. There are only 21 lines available, so your chances of winning are 1 in 21. Pretty good odds. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's ppcc 118 razroom That's right. It's ppcc 118 razroom on Facebook. Hey, Chet. Tell us who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable show next week. And, uh, by the way, Ed Berkowitz, nice guy. Good job.
2: Oh, Ed was great. Yeah, I really enjoyed talking to Ed. All right, next week, Bill, we've got a couple of good ones. Our old pal Mike Barnes from the Barkhand Foundation will join us to talk Eagles and tell us about a cool event coming up later this month at Yard's Brewery in Philly. It's a fundraiser for the Barkhand Foundation, but it's a real cool event. And we also have a first-time visitor, and you're going to like this one, making his first visit to our show. is a former standout college football running back who played three years in the NFL as well. He does color commentary for Temple Football, where he played his college ball back in the mid-'80s. And he played pretty well back then. So well that just last year he was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. I'm talking, of course, about the great Paul Palmer.
3: Nice, nice. Good. I like Paul. Yep. Good man. All right. Looking forward to that. And and we'll be we also be able maybe to talk about a little head coaching uh with Paul when you have him there. Absolutely. All right. Well hey Chet, let's uh let our listeners no, remind them uh, uh, to visit our website phillypressboxradio.com. dot com. We cover all the big stories of the Philly sports teams. We also write a few articles ourselves, and you can listen to our last two podcasts and our latest Vimeo as well. We still have our sponsor banners going across the top. Click on the Irish Rover Station House Bob Sullivan's Like Your Age dot com Allstate Insurance banners to go directly to their website. Remember, it's Philly Pressbox Radio.
2: And by the way, speaking of the Irish Rover, I mentioned I was there last Sunday afternoon, and we're going to have a big announcement regarding the Irish Rover and us very soon. We're still working out the specifics, but we will let you and everyone know what's going on in the next few weeks. And, Bill, while we have uh, a couple of minutes here, we're ahead of schedule somehow. I don't know how that happened. Um, You know, I work in this uh, radio job uh, at my full-time gig, and I do business news. And one of the stories I did today concerned Jerry Jones, so I'm going to read you uh, what I wrote about Jerry Jones today. We had word this week that Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones bought himself a nice big yacht for Christmas. Built by Dutch shipmaker Ocean Co., the $250 million yacht, yeah, that's $250 million, is 358 feet long and boasts two helipads, a spa, a gym, and a beach club. If you're wondering, the 76-year-old Jones can probably afford it. His net worth is an estimated $6.8 billion. Wow. So there you wow. go. A nice big yacht for Mr. Jones.
3: $6.8 I guess the NFL is a pretty lucrative uh, business, huh? <laughs> Besides yeah, the Jerry's doing okay, he going I guess. On. Hey, and, and uh, speaking of Jerry Jones, I, I saw a, not an official article, but an article that says he's getting ready to re-up that Jason Garrett. <laughs> Hallelujah.
2: Well, hey, they won a playoff game, so why not?
3: Yeah, I hear you. Well, hey Chet, well we do still have a few minutes uh if we'll we'll catch it at the end.
2: Let's get our parting shots in. You have one? I do if I can find it. Oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> All right. We joke every year about the fact that I don't watch much Flyers hockey until January or February when football season ends. Well, The way this Flyers season is going, they're going to have to really work hard to get me to watch, and right now that's not looking too good. They're 15 points out of the final wild card spot in the Eastern Conference, and they're battling the Senators and Kings for worst team in the league dishonors. They're on track for their worst season since 2006 and 7, when they did have the worst record in the league. That was the season after Eric Desjardins and Keith Primo retired, and a season in which eight games in, coach Ken Hitchcock got fired and GM Bob Clark resigned. The team finished 22, 48, and 12 for a total of 56 points. Now, they shouldn't be quite that bad this season, but, hey, they might. There are a lot of guys underperforming. Some of the young players, including Ivan Provorov and Shane Goss, as Ed Barkowitz pointed out, have regressed, and it's almost certain that a couple of veterans will be traded away in the weeks ahead. They've lost eight in a row. There's probably more losses to come. This Flyers season could get a lot worse still before it gets better.
3: Well, yeah, yeah, it sure can, and that, that's sad. But, hey, it just so happens that uh, I have some crappy missed, and one of them has to do with the Flyers. And I've been trying to confirm this, Chet, but I believe it's pretty factual. It, I heard this last night as I was driving up the road listening on the radio to the Flyers game, and I had to listen to the Washington Capitals announcers. Uh, Scott Gort, well, first of all, let's start out with the Flyers, have tied the record for most goaltenders used in a season, which is seven, seven, and they've only played 43 games. So they're only halfway through the season. They've already tied the record. But the team that they tied was the Quebec Nordiques, okay, of 1989-90, I believe it was. One of the goaltenders for the Nordiques was named Scott Gordon. Yeah, same guy. And here's a tidbit, Chet. Scott lost a game that year in his very brief stint in the, in the NHL by giving up 12 goals. He gave them <laughs> all up. They never pulled him. Oh. So maybe what we're seeing is, oh, uh, you know, no, nah, let's not go there. Anyhow, I thought that was interesting, and uh, I was not, like I say, wasn't able to confirm that anywhere, uh, but that was what the radio announcer said last night during the game, and I thought that was very interesting. On yes, another note, Chet, Sixers down 15 in the second quarter tonight, by the way. Whoa. And how about the St. Joe Hawks they're playing tonight, playing St. Bonaventure? The Hawks have scored 12 points in the first half, and they trail by 27 at the half.
2: That's all I got. Go, Birds. And uh looks like the Jets are hiring Adam Gase as their new head coach, Justin. Well,
3: and I guess uh, there were a bunch of hires today. Uh, Denver hired um, the Bears' defensive coordinator, Vic Fazio. Yeah,
2: yep. I saw that.
3: A uh, lot of lot of hires, lot of hires. I don't know if anybody got any better, but there's a whole lot of hires going on. Gary Kubiak coming out of retirement going to run the offense for the Broncos. He's a, he's almost as well, he's probably older than you,
2: Chet. Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles reunited. They are going to coach uh, Tampa Bay.
3: Yeah, well, that'll be interesting to see if they could coach Jameis Winston because Dirk Cutter was hired because of his relationship with Jameis Winston and he was fired because of his relationship with Jameis Winston. So that'll be interesting. Cutter has landed in Atlanta. He is going to be the offensive coordinator for the Falcons. So a lot of movement, a lot of things going on. Uh, Again, I'd rather still be playing uh, like the Eagles are. So with that, Chet, We've reached the top of the hour. Let's thank our special guests, Ed Barkowitz, Fred Hugo, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Razz Room, and Dave O'Boy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester for their continued support of the show. For Jim Chachesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, January 16th at 7 p.m., you can listen through our website, Philly on blogtalkradio.com slash Philly Radio, or you can find our podcasts on iTunes and Tune In. Hi Hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. Go birds.
2: C-N-T-L-E.